we are born, we grow up. We are adolescents, we do bad things, we get whoopings. We are teenagers, we try different things. We get married, we have kids, we find a mate, we grow old, and then we die. That's the circle of life. You born and you die. We all handle those situations differently. On today's episode, we're going to talk to two young ladies and hear how they handle the circle of life. And this, for me, it'll really help me out because I have a hard time with the circle of life. As well, I know a lot of you do. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Chin Wagon with Ruck. On this episode, we have Sean and we have Tiff. So, we talk about the circle of life. So, where, where are you from? I am from the big city of Hartwell, Georgia. Oh, Hart County Bulldog. That's it. How about them dogs? <laughs> okay. Yeah, <whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, where are you from? I am from Elberton, Georgia. Blue Devil. Now, yes. for some of you that don't know, Hart County and Elbert County are rivals. The biggest rivalry yes. Yes, ever. <laughs> yes, they ever. are. But uh, today we're not. We come together today to have a serious discussion about life. Now, Sean, you grew up in Hart County, born and raised. When did you get married? I got married in 2003. 2003? Yes, 2000. So you stayed married 19, 20 years? Yes. Okay, so you're not married anymore? No, I'm not married anymore. Why not? My husband... Uh, went home to be with the Lord. Mm. He transitioned to be with the Lord last October, October 13th to be exact. So over a year ago. Over a year ago. So it's still kind of fresh to you. Yes, very fresh. Okay, so how did y'all meet? We met actually on on the job. I was working at a, a factory called Royston Manufacturing. And... I was on third shift. He was coming in on first shift. And it was like it was like one of those, it really was like a movie scene. Because it's like our eyes met and it was like, what? I was like, did I hear music? Like, wow. <laughs> it was one of those situations. And from that moment, we, we, we knew there was some kind of connection. 
And it was a lot of, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you? That went on for probably about two weeks before he finally said, you know what? Can I get your phone number? Hmm. And it and it just went from there. It's it kind of interesting because he you work in third, and anyone that worked third know that you can't wait to get home. Exactly, you're, you're tired, you're exhausted. Yup. And <laughs> him coming in, he's more refreshing, rejuvenated. If he had a good night's sleep, yes. But it's still morning time, so a lot of people are not morning people. So he still could have been kind of groggy, but yet y'all lay eyes on each other and and it up. was like fireworks for real. I. The energy that came from him, it was like, it was such a light around him. When I saw him, I was like, who? And I later found out that he said the same thing. Like, who is this girl? Like, she worked third shift and she's still looking fresh. Getting off in the morning. Who is this? And so we kind of, like, inquired from mutual friends about each other. And then it just led to him stopping by my station one morning. He came in really early. So that, yeah, so that he can kind (laughs) of talk for a few minutes before the shift changed. But um, that, that's how it happened. And then it was just, it was just a beautiful love story from that point on. It was a journey. Right. But beautiful love story nonetheless. So So how long did y'all date? We dated for two years. Okay. Two years before, before we got married. So who proposed? Him or you? Okay, okay, all right, okay. Okay. (laughs) Here's the honesty of it. He told me, when I first met him, he said, I've been married before. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that again. So I was like, oh, really? So if you're talking like that, then this probably might not work out because I want to be married. I've never Uh been married. I want to be. And as time progressed, it kind of, all that conversation changed. And then he said, well... Uh, time is ticking, and I'm not going nowhere. You surely not going nowhere. So right. let's do this. So he, in his own little roundabout way, he proposed. I got you. I got you. So let's <laughs> yeah. do this. That's yes, let's do this. That was his proposal. Let's do this. Okay. How old were you? I was 26. 26 when you got married. 26 when I got married. Okay. 25, 26, somewhere around there. And was he the same age or was he older? He was older. How much he had older? me by seven years. Okay. Okay, older guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> so y'all stay married, and like you said, there are all ups and downs in any aspects of life. Absolutely. Now, we're going to fast forward. Was he sick? Did he go through a sick spell, or was this all of a sudden? Let me preface this by saying, Barry had always had issues with blood pressure. Counter was hereditary, ran through the family, so he always had those blood pressure issues. And as the weight kind of packed on, the mm-hmm. blood pressure, it seemed like more the more weight that was added, another blood pressure pill was added. Mm. The job just became even more stressful, another pill was added. Um, so that's kind of where that happened. And then... One day, I came home from church one Sunday afternoon, and he said, I think I've had my first muscle spasm. And I was like, ha, that's what you get, because you're always laughing at me, because I have, I have muscle spasms due to back stuff going on, I had back surgeries and stuff. So he would always be like, it's not that serious. And so <laughs> I'm like, oh, 
bro, wait till you have one. He's like, mm. So that day he said, I think I've had my first muscle spasm. So, of course, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he said, well, give me one of your muscle relaxers. And I said, all right. So I had just gone down to my mom's after church, gotten us a plate of food. And I said, here, you need to eat this first before you take the medicine. So he ate, took the medicine. He said, I'm going to lay down for a second. And um, when he laid down, within five minutes, he was right back up. He said, I'm going to take a shower. I think we need to go to the emergency room. So when he said that, because this is a dude that could he couldn't stand doctors. I understand that. I just about have to threaten him with every inch of his life to get up to go to the doctor, even right. when he for the like serious stuff. I'm good, I'm good. Right. So when he said that I knew, I knew something was up. So the interesting thing though, on the way to the hospital, he's telling me things to do. And um and this is just this speaks to the man. This speaks to the protector, the provider. On the way, he's telling me, do this, this, and this. If you do this, this, and this, you're going to be okay. If you do what I tell you, and I'm, I'm, the whole time I'm like, will you stop? Do Just do what I say. Oh, just do what I say. And I'm like, just, it's okay. He's like, nope, you call my job, say this, this, and this. And I, I you know, was, I, and all of this stuff was going on in the back of my mind. I'm listening to it, but I'm not listening. So, we get to the hospital, and everything just immediately is like a whirlwind. They're running. The nurses are running. Doctors are running. Because the minute you say, I'm having chest pains or, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of anything going on with the chest, they immediately zoom you on back. And from that point on, it was just my life was flipped upside down, literally. The doctor came in and said, uh, Mr. Broner, we're going to have to do emergency surgery. And we're looking at each other like, okay, we've done been here, we've been at surgery before. Okay, been there, done that. We're gonna go through surgery, we're cool. He says, no, you don't understand. If we don't do this surgery, you may not come out of this. And he said, there's still a great possibility that things may go a different direction. So he says, do you have any children? And Barry's like, yeah, I got two girls. And he's like, well, you might want to give them a call. At that point, he looks at me. He's like, I'm not waking my girls up. By this time, it's about 2 two in the morning. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. not waking my girls up to tell them anything like this. I'm not. And he looked, the, the, the doctor looked again and said, you should call them. And that time, I saw the urgency in his eyes. And I said, babe, you might want to call Call your girl. So he did that, called his parents um, and talked to them and let them know, hey, getting ready to have some surgery. I'll see y'all on the other side. Did I never explain what was going on? In a roundabout way. In a roundabout way they did. And they said, well, there's something going on with your heart. Then they said aortic dissection. So an aortic dissection, that's the largest Part of the the heart. Yes. When I saw that X-ray, it looked like somebody had took a fillet knife and filleted the top of the aorta down to the bottom. I still got pictures of it, and the doctors that saw it, they were like, "Unbelievable! Unbelievable!" They couldn't believe it, and so 
that's pretty much the gist of what happened. Once he got into surgery, six hours into surgery, he had a massive stroke. And so the entire portion, just about the entire portion of his brain was saturated. And uh, he, uh, after surgery, they brought him out in the recovery and they said, the surgeon came out and said, let me just tell you, nobody survives this kind of tear. Had he been an hour later, you would have came home and found him mm -hmm. deceased. And this is where, for me, my faith comes in. And I said, well, I know what your textbooks say. I get it. I'm, I, but I trust God. And so, yeah, of course, they looked at me like I was crazy. He said, well, um, this is one of those times where we cannot explain what has just happened. We cannot explain. It's got to be a higher Mm -hmm. A higher power. There has to be. Mm -hmm. And so there was a male nurse. He was amazing. He came in. He said, all right, day one, he should be awake by now. But we're going to keep monitoring and checking and see, see if, he come, if he wakes up. Day two came around, still not awake. On day three, that male nurse said, okay, you need answers. So I'm going to request that they do an MRI. They did the MRI, and I'll never forget it. The doctor came back and said, your husband's in a coma, and he probably won't wake up. If he does wake up, he'll be a vegetable. And I said, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I hear you. I do. I, I, I'm, I'm not a... I'm a realist. Right. I'm, I'm a realist. I am. And I see, I see facts. I see them. It is what it is. I see them for what they are. I don't say it is what it is, but I see facts. If, it, if this is what we're looking at, this is what we're looking right. at. But I also, <laughs> I also know a God that can just take those facts and flip them right on the head. Yes, so he I can. told him, I said, Let, let's... I said, because they, they started talking to me about end-of-life care. We're going to make him comfortable until he passes. And I said, you will do no such thing. <laughs> you will continue to care for him. You will continue to it, just treat him as if, he, if, as if this has not happened. He's just here to be treated for an ailment. So you just you keep doing what you're doing. A right. couple of those doctors walked away and didn't come back because they was like, she's crazy. Mm -hmm. she is, we're not going to put him through this. She is crazy. So... And then there were a couple of doctors I had to put out. Wow. Don't come back. Because if you don't think that you can help him, if you don't think that uh, we're going to see any difference, then you, you, you can go. You are dismissed. You, you do not have to come back. That happened too. The third, well, after, after I got that, the uh, results from the MRI, you know, his, everybody, doctors, people were flying in from different states, doctors, physicians, medical personnel, to see the man who survived the largest aortic dissection. Wow. <laughs> this was the talk of the medical community in Athens, Georgia. From all Northeast Georgia, you name it, they were talking about it. To confirm that, we had some doctors. Uh, some I became really good friends with several doctors, still good friends now, and they said we just could not. There was no way. Mm -hmm. There was no way. So fast forward, 45 days later, 
my husband wakes up from that coma. Whoa. He wakes up and he's, and not only did he wake up, he woke up laughing. <laughs> laughing. <laughs> they had, this is somebody they had said wouldn't have any kind of um, facial expression, no kind right. of anything. Don't, you know. A just, vegetable. Brain. Yeah, just prepare because he's a vegetable. Right. So just, he woke up laughing, wanting something to drink. So I said, okay, all right. <laughs> God has done it. Yes. But that began the second phase of journey at that point. Now let's we have to to figure out what life is going to look like from this point. Right. Where do we go from here? What does healing look like on this side? Because although I wanted him to be completely healed, my idea perception of healing wasn't necessarily God's idea of what it would look like. So I took him home. We're we gonna, went to. We're gonna stop right okay, there. You, okay. You're taking him home. Okay. Okay. So he woke up. You took him home. Mm -hmm. Now, Till, you didn't have a husband as far as what Sean went through, but tell us about your life journey as far as who you had that took the life cycle. I have a similar story to Sean. Um, my dad had heart problems as well. His blood pressure would go really, really high, and he wouldn't tell anyone. He didn't want to tell anyone because he didn't want us to worry. So I, after a little while, one day he came to us, me and my sister, and he says, my chest is hurting. And he said, I'm I'm going to the hospital. Again, he is not that type of man. He you have to just about drag him for but so he can go to the doctor. So he told my sister and I, he said, Well, this is where this is, this is that, and y'all gonna be okay. So he goes to the um, hospital. Okay, let me ask you something before you get to the hospital. What kind of relationship did you have with your dad? Because you got some girls that are daddy girls, some girls that are mama girls, guys, same thing. So what kind of relationship did you have with your dad? Daddy's little girl. So he was a daddy's girl. Yes. So y'all was tight and close and did things together. So when this moment came, it really set home with you. Right. Okay, now go ahead with the hospital. So he gets to the hospital, and they called, and they were saying that he had lung cancer, and he had a hole in his aorta. Mm -hmm. So they sent him to St. Mary's Hospital, and... They were describing everything that was going on. And I said, well, we can't help him. We're going to send him to Emory. So they sent him to Emory because they said this surgery is, is experimental. And um, we're just going gonna to see how it goes. So we get 
to the day of the surgery, and I remember just him hugging me really, really tight. And he's really not, he wasn't a touchy-feely person, but he hugged me really tight. And um, he walked into, he was just so nervous even before that he was just jittery, jittery. So when he gets, they walk him back, and I want to say maybe 12 hours later, they came in, the doctor comes in, and he said, well, while we were in the surgery, his organs swole up. So we're going to, um, the, it, it went good, but we're going, it was on a Friday with the surgery. He said, so what we're going to do, we're going to um, leave his chest open. And then on Monday, we're going to close his chest and wake him up. So immediately, you telling me that, and I'm 21 years old, so I don't, I don't get that. On that Saturday, Sunday morning, like um, Saturday night going into Sunday morning, yes. I remember my... Um, Next door neighbor is my first cousin. So he came over there and he was like, they took, they call him Mac. They took Mac, Uncle Mac to back to surgery. Um, if y'all want to ride up there, we finna go up there. So I'm getting my clothes on and everything. So a little while, maybe five minutes, he came knocking at the door. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. And he was... He was in my face. I'm like doing everything to move away from him. So he said, y'all, he said he didn't make it. And that just tore me apart. Now, your mom was there with you? She was not. My mom passed away before he did, a year and a half before um he did. She had breast cancer. So you got to go through this twice back to back. Yes. Lord have mercy. And with my mom, I remember being 16 mm. and her and my dad came to pick me up from school and she had had a doctor's appointment and um, at the time, the health department at Elberton was located in a different spot. So we stopped at the health department. My dad gets out. While he's out of the car, she said, Tip, she said, I got something to tell you. She said, um, I got breast cancer. And she she always joked a lot. So I said, Mama, stop saying that. She was like, really, I do. I said, for real? And she said, yes, I do. And she went through, she started treatment. She went through the treatments and everything. And she, a year later, she went into remission. And um, we end up, she went back to the doctor. And the doctor says that her cancer had come back in her lymph nodes. 
So she went back through more treatment and to the point where they said that there was nothing else that they can do for her. So they put her on hospice and she had a bad episode. Normally when you're on hospice, they don't take you to the hospital. Right, stay at the house. Mm -hmm. They took her to the hospital and that particular day, fast forward a few years, that particular day I was in dental hygiene school. So my dad and my sister came to pick me up and we're at the hospital and she was breathing very differently. So the nurse says, tell her it's okay that she can leave. She She's tired. Y'all tell her it's okay. So um, my sister and I, we were saying, it's okay. It's okay. My dad, he wouldn't say it. Right. So she... In that moment, she wakes up and she looks at us like we're crazy. Like, what are y'all saying? So she makes it back home and wow. she has another episode where she has to go back to the hospital. So she, after they brought her back that time, my aunt and I... She was she had a look she had a hospital bed so we were um, there and we were um, changing a dressing that she had so we were talking very, very like really whispering and she and she I don't know how she heard us because we're like I don't I don't know what this is and she says y'all I know I'm going so. We looked at each other and we walked out the room because that that was that was not that was a little bit too much. So we went in for we came back in for something else. She said the exact same thing. So that next day, uh, we had, my aunt and uncle came over, and I was I remember I was studying for a test, and my aunt was sitting in there with her, but after a while I noticed that she just had left out of the room. So I go in there, I'm like, why she gonna leave her in here by herself? So my mom, she took a, a very deep breath and she didn't take another one. So I went, my sister was in the kitchen and I went and I told her I think that she is gone. So my sister came in there, she took another deep breath, and that was it. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to come back to you with that part right there. All right, now, Sean, y'all home from the hospital, and you know life going to be different now. So how mm -hmm. was life different? Ooh, I definitely did not. There was no way to prepare for the days ahead. There was absolutely no way to prepare for what we both were going to have to endure. So my job at the time, very, very, they were very um, supportive, very supportive. And it was a take all the time you need, whatever mm -hmm. you need, if you need to work from home, Whatever you need to do, very accommodating. So I was able to do that. Got him home. But before we went home, 
there was three months of rehab. Mm -hmm. We attempted to do rehab at a skilled nursing facility. And it came to the point to where Barry wasn't responding to the types of therapies that they were doing in the way that they expected him to. So they said, well, we don't think there's anything else that we can do physically for him. So I said, okay, time to go home. And it was right before COVID mm. hit. Right before. It was within weeks <laughs> before they labeled it a pandemic. Right. The interesting thing was, in January, we do a Daniel fast every January, 21 days. We just believe in God for some things at the beginning of the year to kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. And I literally heard, I heard and I felt the nudging of the Lord. It's time to get out of there now. And I let the administrator know we're leaving. I mean, it wasn't a notice. We, we packing up. We getting out. Two days later, about three of those, uh, three of the people that lived, that were staying at the skilled nursing facility, they found them dead in their rooms from COVID. Whoa. And it was just sweeping. It was coming all the way down the hall that he was on. It was just taking people out. Mm. And I said, who did we dodge yes. that bullet? But thank you, Lord. So we get home. And like I said, we, I'm coming from one trauma of all this going on with my husband to another trauma, which is a pandemic. So now we're stuck in the house. We can't. <laughs> There's no. So doctor visits look totally different. We had to, they had to either be very early in the morning or very late in the day, or we had to be wheeled into places where there was absolutely no people coming in or out. Mm -hmm. So that was just different As when it came to um, wound care. I did all the wound care. I did all of the uh, triage and stuff, the, the checking the blood pressure um, I, I even did inf uh, the infusions. He had to have IV infusions because, and another thing, insurance wouldn't pay for a lot of this stuff. Wow. Insurance wouldn't pay for it. So who's having to pay for it? Out of pocket. Out of pocket. So I literally depleted our savings, making sure he had what he needed. Mm. With the paychecks that came in, everything went toward medical. Wow. Everything. Aside from taking care, keeping the lights on, mm. everything else went to the medical aspect of it. Uh, so yeah, so t we went through two years of that. Two, two years, and Barry would kind of leave clues in the midst of that time. He would say, I'm ready to go home. And I'm like, mm -mm, you're at home. Like, what you mean go home? He's no, I'm ready to go home. Home, home. <sighs> and I'm like, no, you're not. You're and I would always just fight him on that. Uh, but that last time, he said it. He looked at me. He said, help me. I'm ready to go home. And I said, okay, I'm not going to fight you this time. I'm not going to fight you this time. <laughs> I'm, um, the prayers, I'm, I'm just going to just say, hey, okay, God, if you're ready, you on your own terms, this is what you want to do. And a few days later, he began to aspirate. Mm -hmm. And he was unable to clear his airways at that point. And he was literally just choking. And so I called his doctor. 
wasn't able to get the doctor, so we went to the emergency room. And the doctor that comes in, she said, I can't let you take him back home like this. And I said, well, I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to get some help. So that you, She said, no, you, you don't understand. <laughs> he can't go back because this is far beyond anything that you could have. We know that you've done a great job taking care of him, but you can't take him back like this. This is it's not safe. And so we began to talk about hospice. And the doctor, she was she began to talk about it, and I wanted him her to say it while he was in his earshot because although he couldn't um he couldn't make complete sentences he he had an understanding he still could understand and so i said this is what they're recommending hospice and he just laid back and just looked i said do you want to do nursing home he said oh no I'm not doing nursing home. I'm not going to a nursing home. I said, so what do you want to do? And he said it again. He said, I'm ready to go home. Wow. And so the doctor, of course, she she knew what that meant. So she said, okay, we'll go ahead and just get let you notify hospice, and we'll do what we need to do. Uh, that night, they took him over to St. Mary's Hospice House. That is an amazing group of people over there, an amazing group of people. They took great care of him. His room, when you walked into the room, you just felt so much peace. Mm-hmm. You just, you felt the peace. You, you, you felt the transition happening. Um, so within, it was about 13 days later that he passed away. But within that time, I was, I, it was a gamut of emotions. It was, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I am I'm sad, I'm numb. Some days I couldn't even go over there because I'm like, I can't bear to see this. I don't want to see this. I don't want to see it. Um, But that entire time, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what's happening because this transition, these are things that we've always been told about. Death is is, is certain. It's It's coming. You You cannot dodge it. But I'm asking God, why so soon? Like, right. we we have our whole lives ahead of us. Girls, the girls have graduated. He has two stepdaughters that they've graduated. They're doing good. We wanted to just live life. Life was beautiful. It was good. We were we were in a good place. How old was he? Barry was 48 when he got sick, and he passed away at 50. Wow. Young. Young, 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 young. Young and so, me and God, we went round and round about it. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like, oh yeah, it's okay. No, I I, I asked God why? Why did you take my husband? <laughs> why and why so young? Like I know people who are in marriages that can't stand their spouse. Like they don't they don't get along. Or they they just don't want to be married. Why? We were good. We were in love. We were in a good like we, it was good. Why? 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 Um, and so I had to work through that. And I'm still working through that. Right. Every day, I'm like, God, why isn't Barry still here? Why is he not still here? What, what? I went through a period of, what did I do? Was I not firm enough on him? 
about taking his medication? Did Was it the food that I cooked? What did I, because I took the blame for a lot of it. And then just, just in those times of prayer, <laughs> I can hear God saying, so you playing God now? <laughs> you think you God, like right. you can keep people right. from not dying or you can just, you can do all this stuff. So that blame shifted. And I know that's a part of grief. I know it's a part of grief, but I had to, I felt like I had to take on something to make it, to just make it make sense. Because right. it just didn't make sense. You know, it just did not make sense. Um, death, when it happens, it, although we know it's coming, it just don't make sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's why? The, like the timing is always wrong. The timing wrong. is always wrong. Always. And so here, and, and it doesn't stop there. So after Barry passed, five months later, one of his brothers passes away mm -hmm. of cancer. So we, we, we just didn't see, I mean, we just, just, we're like, wait, what? It's always like a storm. It's like, always it just, like a storm. It just, it, four or five are leaving here. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to leave y'all family alone for a little while. Right. I'm going to go over here. Right. I'm going to go over here. Right. It's just. Yeah. Mm. And then another five months later, his dad passes away. See? So within a, within a year's time, I've lost three important people. And it's like, okay, what, what, what is, what's the moral to this story? What do right. I need to learn from this? What, what do we? I just, it, it just, it, it didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. But one thing that, it was almost like, Barry always prepared me for the end. And he would just like just work my nerves about it. But now it makes so much sense. He would always say, if something happens to me, I want you to know how to be able to do these things. Right. Like, take care of, uh, uh, say, stuff going on with the whale house or if there's something going on with the car or any kind of things just pertaining to life. I want you to be able to know how to handle this stuff. Mm. And I was prepared for as much as I could be. Right. I was prepared for... Um, for life, those things, but I just did not, I wasn't ready to be in this world without him. <laughs> let's just, let's just say that, wasn't, wasn't prepared to be in this world without him, so now life without him, I'm still figuring that part out. Still trying to figure that part out, what it, what life is supposed to look like now, because he was my life, you know what I'm saying, he was my world. We did everything together, and now, um, now there's me. It's it's what does Sean want now? Yeah, yeah. What what's important to Sean? What does she? What does she really want to do? <laughs> so, All right, we're gonna get back to All what right. Sean want to do. All right. All right. Tiff, what I want to hear from you is, when your mom passed, what was what was life like? with the rest of the household? It was very different. I, my mom, for one thing, when I used to catch the school bus, every morning before 
I would get on the school bus. She would say, I love you and take Jehovah with you. <laughs> Every <laughs> morning. She I, said, I like that. Take Jehovah with you. Yeah, she said. <laughs> She used to say that every morning. So it's like stuff like that. It's you can't you can't fathom them not being able to say, say different that. things right. or, no or do different things. Um it is with my dad. I think he had taken such good care of her and made sure she had everything that she needed that he didn't know what to do with himself. And that's when his health, it was already um, kind of bad, which we didn't know it but because he wasn't telling us, but it, it got a little bit more hectic after that so my sister and I we said we we lost one parent we got to keep him alive like we we got to make sure that he taking his medicine he going to appointments and all this so it it was a, a big change even with her she she did every. She paid the bills because he would call he okay here got my check you pay this this and that yeah. We had no idea how to do that. So we had to figure it out. The three of us had to figure out how to to take on her role. We had to, it, it, it's very different. It was very different. That's a great mm-hmm. point about life. As we go through this circle of life, we do things wrongly as far as the family-wise because we know that day coming. We don't know when. Right. So we should always prepare our family for the inv- in, in, for the outcome. Yeah. We should always. always. And, and we don't do that. There's so many people I've talked to and families and stuff, and like you say, one pay the bill, the other is the breadwinner. So if the breadwinner leaves, then the one that pay the bill don't know how to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to get the income to pay the bill. If the one that pay the bill leaves, the breadwinner don't know what to do to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. And now we're lost. Now we as a... I can only speak for the black race. If we had the black race, we we have to do better than than what we, we what we've been doing. Yeah. We have to teach our kids, have to teach our cousins, our whoever whoever needs to be taught. We need to step up and do that. So how did y'all? I know it was a struggle, but a year and a half later, in in your your dad's situation, your your mom was his life. It was like that was his worth living. He lived to take care of her. So now she's gone. So now he's thinking, what I, what, what do I do? And I can understand it. I can totally understand it. But when that second part happened to y'all, I can't imagine what... I, I've, I've lost mine, but it wasn't back-to-back. I had some time in between. But for you, Tiff, it was back-to-back. I can... I can only imagine what you went through. It was a struggle um, because my sister and I, we had to, at that point, we had to take on a whole household Mm. because I remember um, who we had the mortgage through. We called him, and he had insurance on the house. But when we called, there was they considered his death as a natural cause, so they didn't 
they didn't do a payout. So we had to finish paying. I always want to get over. They yeah. always want to get always. over. It doesn't matter how you leave here. It's a deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of things you don't, you go with it because you're young and you don't know. And you don't know. There so you go. we just went with it and we we've been had it ever since we we just had to to i mean at 20 it's so many people out here oh i'm grown now i could do this and i could do that we were really grown at that point really <laughs> we yes. were really grown up at that point and we had to you know we had to make it happen but how okay being a child Kids depend on mom and dad for a long time. We we want to think about that as far as your mom and dad being in their eighties before they leave you. That way you well put together, you well security, and you good. Mom and dad live to eighty; they live a little good, long, good life. Now, circle of life. I'm taking that role of mom and dad. Mm-hmm. That came prematurely for y'all. Totally premature for y'all. So, with that said, how do you pick up the? How do you move forward as a child that? The support is gone. No mom or dad is gone. How do you move forward and 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 do what you did? Because you are a dental hygienist, and you make good good damn money. You really do. <laughs> and so you know, you you could have you could have spiraled and got on dope. You could have spiraled and been homeless. You could have spiraled and just gave up on life altogether. But you didn't. Was that Jehovah? What you think? Would you tell me what it was? <laughs> it had to be because, like you said, I probably really and truly would have lost my mind because I'm thinking my mama being my best friend and my dad, daddy's little girl, we had, it was a great relationship. But like Sean, my dad passed away when he was 54. My mom was 50. Y'all do know I'm 50, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So a lot of times I look at my life and I say, you know what? I got to keep myself healthy. I got to go yeah. get this check. I got to get mm-hmm. that check. Yes. Because I, I don't want that to happen right. to me. Exactly. So I always preach especially to black men yes you really and truly have to to keep check on your health because y'all are fathers Mm -hmm. um the role models that we need and it and it's in our dna the high blood pressure the cholesterol it's in our dna because of our culture or what we eat Mm -hmm. so you're right Black people in general, but especially black men, need to stay getting checked. They really do. Wow. Sean, now, you, I know it's hard to pick up and move on, but you did also. A lot of people, which I don't like to hear, but they love to tell you, oh, baby, it's going to be okay. You know, God got control. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. At that time, you don't want to hear that. And, and people... And I know they mean the best for you. Don't get me wrong. I understand they mean that. If you need anything, just let me know. 
Hmm. Which, which that's I, the one. Right. That, that's, <laughs> that's the one. Absolutely. But, but you know for yourself, you and Tiff both know that you got to pick yourself up. Yeah, you, you have to. got to move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. like I said, I went through the same thing y'all went through. Like this episode, this episode, it helped me also because I struggle with it deeply. And the way I deal with it is keep my mental busy. If my yeah. mental is busy, I'm not thinking about what I lost. Yeah. Now, it do. It come a time when when nighttime comes, time to go to bed, go to sleep, you know, you mm-hmm. lay down, and you have to slow your mind down in order to go to sleep. Right. If you don't, you'll be up to 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, true. So when I do slow my mind down, that's when my thoughts kind of overtake me. And I, I get to thinking about it, what I lost, and it's, it's, it's rough. But for you, Sean, you... What you got going on in life now as far as keeping your mind busy? Well, and, and let me just speak to that, the busyness, okay. um, because I'm there. But did you know that that's also a sign of trauma? What's a sign of trauma? That busyness. <laughs> wow. Let's talk about it. Let's talk wow. about it. Uh-huh. Because, yes, <laughs> I see that look. Okay. It's a sign of 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 trauma because... It's it's like substituting something for it's like a bomb. You're trying to medicate that 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 pain, that loss, that whatever that's brought you to this place that you have to find yourself to be so busy. Good point. That's traumatic. It, yeah. It, it's like a drug. Yeah. It is, it is. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself more and more and more mm-hmm. and more. Um Honest moment, transparent moment. I literally work, I tire myself out every night in order to go to sleep. Yep, I feel you. And I wait <laughs> because I just can't just lay down and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Right. right. It don't work. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work that way for me. So I literally am just working, work, work, work until I'm able to go off to sleep. That... That's trauma. Yes. Uh, working through that, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> so, <laughs> having said all that, I have created and developed, I just started a whole nother business out of that. Another business grew out of <laughs> the trauma, which is I have a digital marketing company, an uh, agency. Digital marketing? Digital company? marketing. What's I create, it? it is Sean Browner Media Concepts. Okay. A subsidiary of Sean Brona Photography. So it's like an umbrella. Oh. And, and the interesting thing is, this was prophesied years and years ago that I would have an umbrella corporation. And I'm like, okay, that sounds fancy. I don't know what it is, but okay, I'll take it. I'm cool with that. I'm starting to see now all these little businesses that form and sit up under the 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 whole group of Sean Brown photography. So, I create content for businesses, for uh, personal influencers, you name it. If they need content, we get the phone out or we get the camera out and we create. Okay, we create. Okay. So, yeah. So that's exciting. So that is exciting. So you say it came from photography. So you're a it photographer. Did. I also. am. I am a photographer. I'm a freelance lifestyle photographer. How long have you been doing it? I've been a photographer for seven years now. Oh, okay. Seven years. Started as a hobby 
and just grew into uh, uh, an awesome business. So. Okay. So do y'all know each other, Sean and Tiff? Tiffany and <laughs> Tiffany and I happen to know each other because she is also one of my lifelong clients. Oh, she look is at absolutely. She is. Absolutely. She's one of those clients that you didn't have to like. She comes back. She's she's consistent. Okay. And one of the things that I've noticed about clients that I get to work with repeatedly is that there's a, there's a rhythm that happens. There's chemistry that develops and you just, you pretty much, you get to really understand that person, learn that person, just know their mannerisms, wow. all that good stuff. And then you truly begin to create art because you spent time with that person oh. and then it just turns into something beautiful. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's okay. So That's we were, right. Tiff, I was honored to celebrate a huge milestone with Tiffany and that was her 50th birthday. Oh, my Ooh. bad. <laughs> listen. I know, right? Listen. That was her It dental was hygienist. my uh, 15th year being a dental hygienist. Yeah. Oh, and wow. it was it was amazing. She did. I'm thinking I came and we outside. I got heels <laughs> on. I got dress on. I'm like, like shoot outside. Yeah. <laughs> what? Amazing! Yeah. They turned yeah. out. I still use that picture now. Come on here, my profile picture. <laughs> yeah. Everything exactly. on social media. Yes, but yeah. yeah. But it comes with seeing the vision, and that's another thing. The your client, it's as as an artist, as a creative, you have to be able to paint a picture. You got to be able to see it when your client doesn't see it. Right. And they, cause you know, and, and that's what they pay you for. Right. That's what they for pay the you vision. for your expertise, for mm -hmm. your vision. Mm -hmm. And the same holds true with even with content creation, with podcasting. You have to be able to paint that picture. You have to be able to one to tell that story. So mm -hmm. with every photo I take, it tells a story. That's mm -hmm. my goal. The end goal is to always tell that story. Okay. You should be able to look at that photo and say, and see a story. And see a story. <laughs> oh, I see a strong, positive black woman. Right. Or I see I see the, the, the pain in her eyes or his eyes. Or I see... You should be able to see something and tell a story. Pull a story out of there. Okay. So with every photo, that's that's what we should... That's what you should see. So, so when that saying is, a picture is worth a thousand a words. A thousand <laughs> words. Okay. That's exactly right. Now, you said seven years. So you were doing photography when Barry was here. Yes. Did he support you? Did he encourage you? Did he get you started? What? He was my biggest supporter. And listen, so his support came by way of, you going to do it or what? <laughs> like, don't wait on nobody for nobody's approval. If you want it, you want this. Oh, we okay, we're going to take this money out of savings and we're going to do this. We, we'll get it back. You're going to make it back. It was always, it was never a no. Yeah. If he saw it. He okay. Let's do it. What are we waiting on? So he was an optimist. He was so optimistic, so mm -hmm. optimistic, <laughs> and that just continues to drive me to this day because I can hear him in my ear, even when I started this other business. I could just hear him. Well, what you waiting on? 
Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. That's his, that was his main. <laughs> Ain't no fun. Because, and, 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 and saying that to say once you get it figured out, oh, it's on the popping in. Ain't no fun it's when on. the rabbit got the gun. Ain't no fun when, when them tables turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no fun when the rabbit got the gun. But he was very supportive, and we worked together in business. So I was a photographer. He was a DJ. So we did lots of weddings, events, and we were just a tag team, and it just worked. It worked. So that part of my business is is still hard because we were so intertwined. Everything, our entire lives were intertwined. And then to have that piece missing it, it, it's tough. But I continue on what we started. I continue what we started because we started all that together. And so um, it was my honor to take care of him. It was my honor to be his wife. Oh my gosh, I got the privilege to be Barry's wife. Oh my gosh, (laughs) like, come on here. So it it was an honor to do that. And so I'm going to fulfill this call to serve others in business by just continue to move on, keep going. I have to keep going every day. There's not a day goes by that somebody doesn't DM me or shoot me a text, mm-hmm. you are really encouraging. Like, you have really just encouraged me. I didn't feel like getting out of bed today, but I thought about all the stuff that you've been through, and I, I got on up. Mm-hmm. I got up. And so I keep going. Those, those types of messages and that kind of support keeps me going. To have the support from not just a community, not just family, but from people that you don't even know. Right. So in that social media world, um, to just have that kind of support, it, it keeps me going for those tough days because right. I do have tough days. And you going okay? Let me ask you this: Continue you, to have. Yeah, you think it going Well, first of all, you got a podcast too, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the name of your podcast? You know what? From the first time we talked, I told you um, I had said making money with Sean, but it has also shifted by just some some uh, perspective a per- perspective shift. It is now called Focal Point. I like Aha. that. I Focal like Point. That. I like that. Yeah, because it's life is all about perspective. It is. It's all about I perspective, agree. and I couldn't just take one just specific topic and just sit it right in that right. podcast. We are so just diverse. We're, we're multidimensional. There's no way to just talk or stay on one thing. Okay. When we just just so much going on. So focal point is the name of my podcast. Oh, yeah. So I love that. I, it's, and I got to get you as a guest. Yeah. I'm and you, Miss <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah, you know anything that you may have any questions about? Because I've been doing the podcast for yes. a little while. So if I can help you with anything, oh for sure. Let you me know. Calling. Let me know you now. Know one more thing for you. If I jump back okay. to tip. With, with your accomplishment that you have now, if it's true, for sometimes people say that Barry is looking down on you. Mm-hmm. If he is looking down on you, what you doing now? How you think he feel about you? I really think he would be pleased. I think he. I still think he's up there. Just you got this. Just I. I, I really feel his. His. Presence is still so real. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's still so real. Um, so I think I think he'd be think he'd be cool. I think he'd be pleased yeah. with it. Good deal, good deal. <laughs> now, Tia, now you were starting high, hygienist school. 
And you just on that with your mom, right? I did. Okay, now your your parents knew what you were doing. Because, you know, as a parent, that's what we do. Like, you you doing what now? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm not too sure that you should be doing that. You maybe need to go this route. <laughs> so when you told them what you was endeavoring in, what did they say to you? Did they encourage you? Did they tell you that, uh, you sure you want to do that? Because looking at people's mouth, that, that shit nasty. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the conversation? They were very encouraging. Um, in fact, my dad, he always, he was like, y'all y'all need to do something where you can make money. Right. He said, you got to support yeah. yourself. He said, do something to make yeah. money. And then my mom, I just kept talking about it. And she said, okay, let's do it. So I remember applying for a dental hygiene school and didn't get in. Oh, you didn't? I did not get in on the first try. Wow. So my mom, she said, well, they started a dental assisting program at Athens Tech that, that same year. It, it was a new, brand new program. So my mom said, why don't you do dental assisting? I said, I don't want to do that. That ain't what I want to do. So she was like, well, no, just, she said, that might help you with your hygiene, get in the hygiene. So get your foot in the door. That's it. Absolutely. So that's what it did. So mm -hmm. that's how I got into um, dental hygiene. So I, and I also remember one thing I'll never forget. Um, our class had to buy scrubs. They had to be the same color, and one of the colors was red, which is my absolute favorite color and my mama's favorite color, too. So I remember her laying there, and I tried on the scrubs. She was like... She said, you look so pretty. Oh. And um, that that was it. So she saw me at get into hygiene school. My dad, uh, after my graduate, we took pictures and everything, and he saw me get my first job. Amen. So <laughs> they both yeah. were able to see your accomplishment. See, yes. Yes. All right, that's Yay. great. That's great. Now, one last thing for both of y'all. For you, how long has it been since their death? For my mom, it's been 17 years, and for my dad, 16. Okay, now, with that said, does it get any easier as the time go by? Because time heals all things. Is that a true statement? People will say that. <laughs> But there are times when I'm riding down the road and I just bust out crying. Right. It could be a song because I there were a couple of songs that were out at that particular time, so I could hear that song and go com completely just oh just go completely crazy with yeah. it. Um, like you said, I people will say. I remember my one of my aunts, she said, why are you still focusing on it? It's it been all this time. Wow. Um, this is my grieving process. That's uh -huh. it. There is, who who prepares themselves for a parents leaving? You know, and who puts the time, who... Who who controls the time, the amount uh, of time right. that, you, so, that, you that you're supposed to? Mm -hmm. That yeah. in, that that didn't that doesn't sit well. So now when people have different people pass away, 
I'm like, you know what, take your time. If you need to cry, scream, whatever you need to do, whatever your process is that you need to get all off your chest, do it. Because it doesn't, it's it's not the same for everybody. Yeah, I agree. Good question. All right, um, we're going to wrap this thing up. But before we go, any last words, Sean? I just want to say, because and we're right here at the holidays, too. And if you've ever lost anybody, the holidays can get really, 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 really tough. Oh, yes. Really tough. And so I just want to encourage everybody listening to be kind to yourself. Take the time to... If you need to cry, it's okay. It is okay. If you need to reflect, it is okay. But you're going to be okay. (laughs) You're going to be okay. Um, That's my, that's my, I just wanted to encourage. Okay. Yeah. Tiff, in the last words. I would say just take life one second at a time. People say one day, one one second, because you never know um, from one point to another. And another thing, people out here will talk to their parents or talk to their loved one any type of way. Mm-hmm. Right. Ooh. And that really gets on my nerves. So if yeah. you have parents and and whatever, Love on them now because when they're gone, you do not have that opportunity. No, you yeah. do not. So yeah. I just encourage that love on your loved ones while they are living. Amen. Amen. Well, Sean, I want to thank you for allowing us to be in your studio. My pleasure. To do this podcast. And once again, if people, if people need to get in touch with you, how would they do that? So you can go to, you can visit my website. SeanBrowner.com, S-H-O-N-B-R-O-W-N-E-R-R.com, or you can find me on Instagram, Shoot With Sean, um, all the social media outlets. Um, that's pretty much how you can find me. Okay, great, great. And if people want their teeth clean well, where can they find you? I'm at Athens Smiles in Athens, Georgia. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. And my last word is this. I really appreciate, and my hat goes off to you too, that you are able to come on this podcast and say what you said today because I'm not ready yet. And I found it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it's amazing to me that y'all y'all are able, y'all are ready. For me, on one, it's been 35 years and I'm still not ready. Wow. Yeah. So, thank you too. Thank you wow. too a lot because this, this does help. Wow. With that said, from the mind, to the lips, to the heavens. Until next time, peace from the heart. Before you cut off, I got a question for you. As a man, why is it so hard 
when it comes to health? What's the... We're, we're stupid. <laughs> that, that's just... I had an episode about my black people, mm-hmm. and I did an episode on the anesthesia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did that. I had a colonoscopy done, yeah. and I was still no woozy, yeah. and I was laid in my bed, and it came to my head. I got up right then because I knew that if I laid there, I'll forget it yeah. when yeah. I wake up. Yeah. So I got up and got my equipment, and I did a podcast <laughs> because I named like nine things that are geared toward black, the black race. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember it right now, but right, listen right. to that podcast. I My will, black I people. I will check it out. Right. But, and, and because I got to, here, here's what led up to the big medical emergency. For years, Barry had had trouble, like I said, with his blood pressure. And I would come home from, I, I'm working in the medical, I was a lab tech, I would come home and he checked my blood pressure. I, don't, I ain't feeling good. Blood pressure be like 170 over 130. Just insane mm-hmm. numbers. The numbers would be insane. The numbers would be so high that I would say, I, literally, tears are rolling down my face. And I'm like, please don't make me a young widow. Yeah. Those were my words. Please don't do this. Please don't. Please don't make me a young widow. I do not want to be a young widow. You know what he said to me? What? We got to die from something. Yeah. At that moment, I wanted to pick up something and just wail him across the head. I wanted to take him on the glory. Like, Okay, let, let me explain something to you right quick. We all know about slavery days, right? You know how strong the black man had to be? Yeah. Can you imagine being a black man and he with his black family, his wife, laying in that little hut, and this white man walks in and should have sex with you? Mm. And nothing we can do about nothing. it. Sit there and look at it and take it. So that, that that's a lot of built-up anger, and we, we have to be tough. We have to be provided for for ourselves and for our family. Yeah. So going to the doctor, I got it. I'm okay. Hmm. I can handle any. If I can handle that, I can handle anything. Mm-hmm. So we're just brought up to be a man. Yeah. To 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 be able to endure whatever it takes to move on. So. Going to the doctor getting played your butt played with. We're not doing that. You're not sticking in them. We we see it as you're not sticking yeah. in my butt. Because you know? yeah. I'm the same way. You, you, can't, you can't put to sleep with a colonoscopy. You, you don't know they're right. in your butt, but you know they're in your they, butt. You know, uh-huh. yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you get done, I had my prostate check. Yeah. A finger in your butt. Yeah. I felt so violent. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. It, it's hard to get past it. So when you know what you're going to endure before you have to go through it, no, I'm not doing that. Right. I feel fine. I'll take my chance. I don't feel ill, even though I do feel ill. <laughs> when I do feel ill, it'll go away. Right. I mean, I, I just keep moving. I Stay keep working. Right. He said, shake it off. Bingo. Bro. Bingo. Oh, what you mean, is. shake it off? Yeah, that's that's what we do as black you men. You can't shake a stroke off, my guy. Mm-hmm. You cannot shake off. We think we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we have endured so much through yeah. history. And, and that stick with us. It really does. Even though we weren't living back then. It's in our yeah. blood. Or could it be that I have this family to provide for and I just got to keep going? I don't have time to, if there's something going on, if it's I just going to have to be it, what it is. If I know it, it won't never happen. It'll never, yeah. If, if I don't acknowledge it. Right. Because I'm a strong believer in it. If I have cancer and don't know I have cancer, 
I live by 30 or 40 years, but the moment that doctor tell me I got right, time, then that's my mind deteriorates. That's how they say it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. My, my mind deteriorates. So now, yeah. instead of me living three or four years, yeah. I'm going to live three or four weeks. And, and and it has been proved. I know y'all know people that time they are told yeah. they, they go down because your mind deteriorates. Your, yeah. For me, your mind controls everything. Absolutely. In life. And and I might sound crazy like them dogs thought you did. <laughs> By the way, I would love to see what they look like when he came out of that coma. But Oh, they look sick, but yeah. But I really believe that when they say God made us out of his image, that we can heal ourselves, but we just can't tap into that. Mm-hmm. How else can you explain mm-hmm. a three year old can play the piano like Beethoven? Right. He ain't never been told no damn piano. Right. He done tap he can, in, right, he done tapped into he that. Tapped into it. Cause yeah. we we are God like, but yeah. we just not God. Right. So we right. Can, we can right. heal ourselves. Yeah. But we don't know how to. Yeah. So. So we have the power. Life and death is in the tongue. When you find out this diagnosis, and you see people automatically start to go down mm-hmm. because you've spoken, you you became in agreement to whatever it is that they said you had. You just spoke it. it. Now you just spoke that on yourself. Boom! You start to go down. You came into agreement. It's like a. It's, it's almost like a, a level of manifestation. Right. We speak this and boom. Yeah, now I'm I'm gonna use a street sense into this, and y'all might not understand the street sense, but <laughs> it's just like being in a relationship with a woman. She tells you you ain't shit. Your mm-hmm. dad ain't shit. You ain't shit. Ain't nobody gonna be shit. Wow. He's like, fuck it, so he ain't shit. Well, he ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how he feel. So now yeah. he out there doing ain't shit things. Yeah. Because every time he get a woman, she keep telling him that, so that's right. what he is. And really, dude, you're not like that. You, yeah. you can be wherever you want to be. You can be you what got, you want to be. Right. Can't no woman tell me I ain't shit because I know who I am. That's right. right. Ain't no one on the earth can tell me this, you, that, right. you ain't shit. I laugh like you move. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But we all got to be that way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Let it. Take over you. Because mm-hmm. like I said, your mind is so powerful. Your mind so strong. is so powerful. It really is. You yeah. get into that prayer word. Yeah. You keep your mind strong. Can't nothing yeah. touch you. Mm-hmm. He never said weapon wouldn't form, but they won't prosper. They won't prosper. You. Yeah. So you're going to have them days, but don't let it prosper. Yeah. Yeah. I know for a, I know for a fact. Had I... Um, because, oh... The people at the hospital, they have that concierge where they, uh, social workers and all that stuff, they come by and check on you. Mm-hmm. Every time they would come, I would be so sick of seeing those people. Every time they come home, oh, I'm just so sick. You don't get away from me. Exactly. With all of that yeah. kind of energy, yeah. go away. Yeah, I agree. And the meantime, the whole time, I'm like, I'm okay. Are you okay? Right. <laughs> right. I'm going right. to keep my spirits lifted. Almost, I, I, right. Because I would be so hypocritical if I'm telling somebody else to trust God and I'm not trusting God. Right. right. I'm telling you to pray and I'm not praying. Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest hypocrite ever. I agree. I'm going, I need to walk this out. This that this is where the rubber meets the road. This is the stuff that we go to church for every Sunday, and go. they keep telling you you got to keep the faith. You all this stuff. There you go. Well, if I'm not going, if I choose not no to right activate saying. any of it, then what? I done went to church all these years for nothing. For nothing. For they nothing. sitting up here saying all this. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Oh, yeah. We finna keep going. Right. And I let them. I'm telling doing? you, they they were yeah. sick of me, honey. That's they were sick it. of me. That's so <laughs> by the time we got to the uh, that first checkup after the hospital, his um, neurologist. He said, I don't know what you, I don't even know. This this was our conversation. He said, he's shaking his head the whole time. He was like. Didn't know what to think. Yeah, he said, you tell me what you need, what you what you need us to do at this point. He said, because whatever it is you doing, you keep doing that. That's what I'm talking about. He said, because it was literally nothing we did. Nothing. 
Wow. And I said, okay. Embarrassing. They're just smiling. Okay. So, but I just wanted to ask that question because men, it's almost like, I don't know. I don't know. If I don't want to say stubborn. Well, yes, there's some stubbornness. Stupid. In it. That's all. <laughs> if, if I don't take care of me, I can't take care of nobody. Exactly. Else. Exactly. That's just the bottom line. It's just we just exactly. being stupid. We just. I, I would prepare Barry's meals at home because I he I, and then he would leave my presence and ain't no telling what all he's eating. Right. right. So inside his truck, I'm seeing exactly. wrappers of. I'm like, bro, didn't I just pack you a lunch? Like, where's this candy and all this stuff coming from? Because it tastes good. It tastes, see? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, those little ice cream pints. Bro, you ain't the yeah. whole. Bro, oh, really? Those are really the good. Whole, yes. Yeah. Black Walnut was his favorite. And I'm like, okay, that cholesterol just going through the mm-hmm. You just. Yeah, see, I'm having too much. I'm those same cholesterol problem now. See, I, I, I got high blood pressure now, but it's, sir, it, it just it, it's when when you've been going through life, eating what you want to eat, doing what you want to do. Yeah. Then all of a sudden that has to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do it, but it's difficult. It's difficult because mm-hmm. that taste bud. Yeah. I mean, you give me a, a piece of fried chicken, that shit is good. It's good. You some baked chicken, I'm like, I don't yeah, like, like baked chicken. <laughs> I'm sitting it? up here, use the air fryer. There you use go, use the, the air, air fryer, fryer, please. That period, that's it. It's not the, the same. Air I air tried it. Listen. It's not the same. We're trying to keep you alive, yeah. sir. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're totally right. It's, yeah. That's our culture. It's we that just, shift. We love that food. So my my one of my initiatives is to... Send that message to the black man. Yeah, yes. we need you. Yes. Y'all are strong. You're resilient. You are all these things, but we need you healthy. Right. We need you here to be heads of these houses right. to to right. take care to help raise the children. We need you. So um, I'm working on some stuff with the American Heart Association to. That's put why that word for out. me, I always check on people. That yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always check. You tell me something going on where you taking your medicine. Right. You, you doing this, you doing that. That's it. Accountability. Right. Accountability. I might get on your nerve, but. But oh well, gonna keep you alive. She, yeah, right. she cares. She did her part. Uh-huh. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. But you, you say you bring awareness. Awareness doesn't do any good. They can know all. They already That's, know. You're right. They know. You're they right. just choose not to. Choose not to. I, I did another episode with uh, prostate, survivor prostate. Yeah. He said he was feeling fine. He was just going just to be going. Wow. And had prostate cancer. Whoa. But luckily he found it early enough where it was just in his prostate mm-hmm. and he took it out. Mm-hmm. But we just, we don't, we got to get checked. We got to go. We have to. Every year I have blood work done. Every single year. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want I want to have it twice a year. <laughs> I, I get in my head. Like, that's so wrong. You know? Yeah, yeah. Right. That's so I'm, true. Right. I've changed But now. you're rare. That's like. Yeah, I've you're changed. You're like a unicorn. Yeah. Right. Because most men, they're like, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm feeling good. I'm straight. I'm not. No, I'm not going to no talk right. to. But see, mm-hmm. that, that made you're me rare. change. Because yeah. in my family, they be dropping off. I know my family got bad hearts. I know yeah. that. So, yeah. therefore, by me knowing that, I know it's in the DNA, mm-hmm. and I see my kids, I'm like, eh, they ain't ready for me to go yet. So, I, I about to stick around and leave it alone. Right. You know, and then I start having grandkids. I'm like, ugh. That part. I want to see them get like at least 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, when I think like that, I mm-hmm. want to keep myself here for a little mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now, if, now, you had caught me when my kids were maybe 19, 20, I probably didn't care. Right. But then, you know, grandkids change you. Oh, yeah. You were like, 
Boy, I want to see what they're going to do when they get older. So it is true that the grand, when the grandbabies, grandkids come into play, it just shifts everything. It's totally true. Wow. You, you can ask my kids. They're like, you won't like that with us. You're right, I would. I just beat y'all to sleep. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it changes wow. you. It, it really wow, does. Wow, wow, wow. It changes you big time. Wow. Awesome. I can't speak for everyone, but it changed me. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. It, it makes you a different person. Well, thanks for your honesty on that, because I, I was confused. I'm like... Bro, you really out here in these streets just trying not to do right. We trying to I just be hard. want you to yeah, I just want you to live. Yeah. That's I true. want you to live. Yeah, so true. Yeah. All right. Well that that little tidbit we just had, they're gonna yeah. be on the That's uh, a B roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff they, they right there. Be after the show. Right. 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 Your touch on nights when I'm hollow